Next Chapter Podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The 500. The 500. J.A.M. been walking us down through that. 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go, and in need of a friend. The king of these four, Angelo, talking the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end. With my man JM. On the 500, talking the 500 until the end. Oh, man. If you guys just wait for a little bit into this episode and you hear me and Matt talk about hot pants, you're going to fucking laugh your ass off. Your ass off. That is Hot Pants is by James Brown from his 1986 record, In the Jungle Groove. It's also number 324 out of 500 on the 500. What's up, y'all? Join the Patreon, please, dear God. Uh, you know what to do. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast. And we are sending hoodies and t-shirts out very shortly to all the Patreon subscribers. So you're going to get the hoodies, everything that you've been paying for. <laughs> Thank you to everybody that is paying for the Patreon. We appreciate it. Uh, keep it up, man. We need more. Uh, what do I got going on this weekend? Uh, February 18th and 19th. I will be at laugh it up in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, doing three shows. Then I will be in Los Angeles, February 20th, doing the goddamn comedy jam at the Comedy Store with Zackass from Jackass, Trevor Wallace, Brian Posehn, uh, Scalar Brothers, Brian or Brad Williams, and Jamie Kennedy. And then the 21st of February, because I'm taking over the store the full weekend, I'm doing Shimmy Shimmy Ya, where comics give away something real from their life. Uh, it's dope, dude, to audience members. And uh, I got Santino on it, Anthony Jeselnik, Ryan Sickler, Jesse May Peluso, Brian Simpson. Both shows, 8 p.m. Get tickets at thecomedystore.com. I'll be in L.A. doing shows the 22nd and the 23rd as well. And then the 24th through the 27th, I will be at the House of Comedy in Arizona. And you can get tickets at joshadammyers.com. And then March 9th, I am in Aspen, Colorado. Aspen, Colorado. I got to buy the tickets. It's probably going to be, it's going to be so expensive. Um, and then I'm doing, I'm going to be in LA and I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to be all over. So uh, get tickets at joshadammyers.com or follow me, Josh Adam Myers on social media, on all social media. And uh, yeah, man, let's talk James Brown. Ugh. A good gun. <laughs> what I like it. The way I am. Um, 
James Brown's just been in the ethos of music since the dawn of music. And uh, it was fun to listen to a record. Even though it's a compilation, it was fun. My guest today, man, that was fun. We did this one in my apartment together. You know how rare that's been? I got to do more often of this because it, you just lose so much doing it over Zoom. Uh, Matt Richards, uh, you know Matt from being the host of HQ. He is an incredible writer. He works a lot with Snoop Dogg. He did worked on Joker's Wild. Um, he's been on Two Broke Girls, School of Rock. Uh, he's an incredible comic, an incredible magician, and an incredibly funny person. And we laughed our asses off today. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms. Leave a five-star review on Apple. Hook us up. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. JoshAdamMyers.com for all tickets. Email the podcast at 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website that I hate more than anything in this world, the500podcast.com. Well, nothing left to say, but huh, ha, here we go with 329 out of 500 within the jungle groove by James Brown. Who? A good God, Matt Richards, huh, a good God, my mic's about to fall off. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Wait till I tighten it or loosen it. Join in if you want to, dude. Ha! Gotta tighten that screw Trying to tighten this. That's what it gonna do. Haven't done a live recording in a long time. Tighten up the screw. <laughs> You're my neighbor. Huh. Right across the street. <laughs> Didn't take it too long. But I was still late. <laughs> well, you are black. Huh. Very short commute. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> a destitute. Can we just do this for the next hour? I'm down. I, <laughs> my throat might not agree with me, but I'll, I'll do it. Dude, this is so easy to do, James Brown. God, how does this guy have a career? <laughs> Can I start with that? I don't even know if that's. I get it. Like I get. All right. I've now. All right. There's listeners right now that are like mad at me that I even said that. But uh, you know, they call him the hardest working dude in show business. Hardest working man in showbiz. Godfather soul. So why do we know that? Do we know why he got that? Did he just do shows? He wouldn't nonstop. Sleep. He wouldn't sleep, man. That's cocaine. Oh, most certainly. There's some <laughs> stimulants involved. He's, you can tell from how he talked. I always just feel like like he is like everything I know about him. He's guns. He, I mean, is it's kind of bad, right? Am I wrong? Like guns. I think he's beat people. Uh, I think he beat women. I'm not too familiar with James's legacy. I mean, it was before my time. Uh, I know the album that we're talking about today is it was '86 when it was released. That is also before my time. I'm an 89 baby. Oh, God, I, that fucking blows my mind. <laughs> 1989, where was I? I was in Germantown, Maryland. Fucking some hoes. At nine. <laughs> At nine <laughs> years old. <laughs> Play Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Little <Get> baby hoes. <laughs> I just, James Brown is like, you know, he's a legend. I, I look at James Brown as, as somebody that, tr it's like George Clinton, mm -hmm. but bigger. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like George Clinton actually didn't play any of the songs. Like he didn't even, I don't even know if he wrote everything. He just kind of orchestrated what he glue? might, he heard. Yeah. He was the glue was what was in his head. He then told a, gr a group of qualified musicians and they would do it. This is the funk. James Brown. Every song 
that you hear by James Brown almost sounds exactly like the previous song. Uh, there's a lot of similarities. Talk closer to the mic. There's a lot of similarities. There it is. There we go. My bad. Come on, dude. You. <laughs> I was holding the mic down by my dude. Yeah. It's feeling... big. It's black. <laughs> I was feeling funky. Uh, I first got hip to James Brown, uh, honestly, through Eddie Murphy. Tell me, oh, from uh, Eddie uh, James Brown's Hot Tub. Yeah. No, I saw, I saw Delirious before I heard James Brown. Mm -hmm. I was like, I think, I want to say five, six years old. Yeah. And. Uh, the James Brown impression that he did was hilarious. And my dad was like, oh, you like, you want to hear some James Brown? Put on some James Brown. And I ended up playing James Brown or singing James Brown. Papa's got a brand new bag in the uh, talent show. The sixth grade. Yeah, dude. We did a production of The Wiz. Yeah, dude. James Brown, Papa's <laughs> got a brand new bag was the Flying Monkey song. <laughs> is that is that really the Wiz song? Yeah. I, I haven't seen The Wiz in a long time. Come here, sister. <laughs> Papa's in the swing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, we follow the yellow road. Ha! Gotta go on down the road, y'all. Come on, motherfucker. We on that road. Come on, Dorothy. <laughs> you know you like it. Better grab your dog. Get the lion. It's going on. Get your heart. Get your brain. Get your confidence. Come on, girl. We're going to run down the yellow brick road of love. Is that really in there? Is that really James Brown's song? It's in the soundtrack, yeah. Wow. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I remember it, it fucking rolling, though. The Wiz was, uh, yeah, classic. That was, that was Michael Jackson. That was... Uh, uh, ben Vereen, now. Was Ben Vereen... Um, oh, fuck. Let me look. Diana Ross was Dorothy. I'm looking up the Wiz right now. Yeah, by yeah. the way, everybody, this is the. I should just preface by saying all of this. This is the first live 500 that I have done in the same room with the uh, guest that we have done since we did the Moon Tower one. So we don't have Adam here. So I'm looking everything up. So just know it's loose. It's fun. Lucy Goosey. All right, here we go. Boom. Diane Keaton as Dorothy E. Gale. Ted Ross. Fleetwood Coupleman. I didn't know if it says, it says Fleetwood Coop, but I put Coupleman. Michael Jackson is a scarecrow. You want to guess? Tin Man? Don't look. I'm not looking. Nipsey Russell. I thought you were going to say Nipsey Hustle. I was like, Nipsey that, Hustle. That was before his, his time as well. And his 10 Laws of Attraction, posted <laughs> by Tony Baker every week on the week. Mabel King as the Wicked Witch. <laughs> She's so sweet looking. I should be the witch. Lena Horne as Glinda. Uh, Richard Pryor, as you said. And uh, Teresa Merritt as Aunt M. Is it Aunt or Aunt? What do you say? I say Aunt because I'm from the Northeast. Where do they say Aunt? Probably places where they uh, they get down with relatives. <laughs> You're my aunt, baby. <laughs> my aunt. No, my aunt. Aunt. My aunt. So I. So so you. That was the first time you heard James Brown. You heard him in in. So you're like what? Five years old. You said five, six. Mm -hmm. I mean, I saw the yeah. I saw the Wiz as a child and Delirious as a child. And then pops would play James Brown. Did your dad introduce you to a lot of music? Like you, I met your dad. Your dad's awesome. He's the oh, coolest yeah, guy I've shit. ever met in, in my life. <laughs> Every time I meet him, he's eating he's eating appetizers from the comedy cellar at sipping on beer. Half price or or <laughs> completely free if we're at the VU. 
So what did he what did he have in your household growing up? So it was his mom mom was a uh, a rapper in the eighties. Yeah, you said that. What was her yeah, name? Nasty T. Nasty T, y'all. Nasty T <laughs> in the place to be. Nasty T. She used to do like the basement parties all over like Queens and the Bronx when she was younger. New York yeah. born and bred you? Yep. Okay. Both parents from here. Uh but I was born and raised in the church. So my parents were very like religious. I don't know how mom went from rapping about dicks and stuff to to Jesus, but it's usually a she, goat. Made, she made the maze. <laughs> maze did that, yeah. But he didn't really rap about bitches and pussy. He that was like maze already was like money and bitches a little bit, and then he was like, "I'm gonna be a fucking preacher." I was hoping Maze would have come out of the Super Bowl. That that would have been. He didn't have any Dr. Dre produced shit. That was the yep. United uh, yep now you're right. <laughs> that all that just shows how dumb I was. Did you think that Super Bowl uh, was the great? Because people are saying the greatest Super Bowl halftime performance of all time. I think it was the best one I had ever seen. Better than Prince. I love Prince, but I mean, this one was so dope. Better than Beyonce. I think it was better than Beyonce. Oh. She it's, she cut she killed the power. It's it's hard to compare. Beyonce killed it. Prince killed it, but this one had so, just so many dope-ass moments. It was fly. I just thought, I don't know. Uncle Snoop, fucking Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick, and the Golden Lords. I thought it was kind of funny when uh, Mary J. Blige started doing, like, you know, Stop Beating on Your Man song. (laughs) Started patting her weave. like She was getting it in, man. (laughs) I'm not gonna cry. Stop all the violence Mary was the first Taylor Swift All her songs were sad and about breakups and shit Love Mary J. Blige I, You know what's funny about Mary J. Blige So I, and You might have heard of this show I worked on, when I first moved to LA I worked on a, a reality show porno uh, For Playboy TV Called what? called Foursome Do you ever hear of it? No Two guys, two girls, and then an extra one. Usually it could be like three girls and two guys or three guys and two girls. They go to a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. They feed them alcohol. That's five people. Yes. Okay. But the whole idea is that there's four. that are like So uh, two couples are going to hook up and one's going to be shit out of luck. Or the other one's going to join in. And these are all like actors and bartenders and good looking people. Like okay. all of them were really good looking people on every a couple times. There was some grumplings. Um <laughs> Trollops. Oh, just it was bad. Sometimes, most of the time, very attractive. And so, what they did is they fed him alcohol, and we were in this mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And lo and behold, uh, one of the mansion that we were doing the shooting at, they was actually owned by Mary J. Blige for a portion of time, and there was a studio in the basement. And this black driver that worked on the show, I remember we were carrying something down to towards the studio, and I remember he's just like looking at it, like, oh man, he's like. <laughs> This is where she did it, y'all. This is where she did it. Oh, man, the hits in here. Maybe she probably got beat over there by a man, and over there is where she... Oh, that's so fucked up. <laughs> How can we... I, I forgot, Rich, uh, Richard Pryor was the whiz. I said that. You did? I did say that. Oh, I didn't think you... Oh, okay. <laughs> I literally was like, Richard Pryor. I pointed right at you, and I was like, <laughs> Richard Pryor, the whiz. And I'm you, locked in now. No, 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 which is good. Because I'm, I'm not. I've got to, like, I get the fuck away from me. She so, loves you. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, this is Mike Wiebe, and I'm the singer in a band called The Riverboat Gamblers. And I'm Zach Blair. I play guitar in a band called Rise Against. Mike and I also have a band called The Draculas, and we also have this great, amazing new podcast called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah, each week we're going to ask ourselves and we're going to ask our guests what three favorite things they are into at that moment or in their entire lives. And then we're either going to agree with them or we're going to make fun of them. And uh, you're going to listen to it and you're going to like it or we will make fun of you. How about that? I just flipped it on you, the person listening to this right now. But we're going to do it every week here on the Sound Talent Network. Once again, it's called Zach and Mike Make Three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so 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 you, what? So your mom's into hip hop. What is your dad into? My dad was very much into like gospel music. He liked, uh, you know, like Fred Hammond and and Commission and all these gospel acts. So that was a lot of what was played. I didn't really listen to like quote unquote secular music until I was maybe ten, eleven. What was you first start getting into then? Uh, I'm not gonna lie, the first non gospel. <laughs> music that I bought was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. I remember when that came out. It came out on my birthday. That boy is mine. I would just play that shit because I thought that, like, in my 10-year-old brain, they were singing about me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you take it easy, ladies. Ladies, ladies. This, Monica. All right, I choose Brandy. This is enough 10-year-old me to go around. You know what? On second thought, I'm going back to Monica. <laughs> no need to fight, y'all. <laughs> Brandy had a career monica monica made some hits what did she make uh give me a second okay because there's quite pull a few them up. Pull them up. Them up. monica has some bangers i can't call them off the top of my head right now because of the years <laughs> she has of one song weed abuse what monica hits the boy is mine every time the beat drop i have no idea what that song is angel of mine can't don't help know. who am you Every time the beat drop, yeah. Every time the beat drop. Uh. Uh. This snippet has recently made uh, a resurgence in popularity on TikTok. Really? That little beat, yeah. They, that's Jermaine Dupree. Jermaine Dupree. Uh, everything is fucking. They, there's a song by uh, Billy Joel called Zanzibar that he played at the show the other night, and like he was like he even prefaced it by saying like, "This has uh, become a new hit because of TikTok," and it's so not a TikTok song. Um, I don't know if I've heard Zanzibar. See, it's a. Uh, Fuck, I'll play it. How's it go? I'm gonna play it. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, I got the old man's car. I got a jazz guitar. I got a tab at Zanzibar. Tonight! This is so not James Brown or even remotely close to the music that we're talking about. Not even a little bit. So it did. So you so you get into you start getting into secular music, which is such a funny word for me. Secular music. It's just like I get it. There's worldly, there's Christian, worldly, not uh, of Jesus. You know, 
and so and so when and so do you start getting into like hip hop and because I feel like you you know shortly after the boy is mine I, I started hearing all kinds of other shit and then my mom got a job working at uh, Bad Boy Entertainment so it was everything it was like fucking full speed I was like what is all this shit that I've never been listening to Biggie and uh, Craig Mack and fucking. Then like Run DMC and EPMD and all these artists that I had no idea existed, so I I I, I was binging hip hop. Yeah, and and you still listen to a lot of hip hop today, like primarily. Right? That's that's all I. Do you listen to rock? Uh, no, no, I gotta be in a rock mood. What 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 puts you in a rock mood? Uh, white girls. <laughs> White women put me in a rock mood No, I don't even Get over here, Jessica <laughs> Let's listen to some Papa Roach No, I, I, don't, I don't honestly I don't really listen to rock I get it I sat down with James Madden And he tried to uh, put me on some metal And I was like, ah <laughs> You hear Metallica, you have no You have no like It doesn't, I, don't, I can't I can tap I can tap my foot to it Yeah, yeah But I'm not like I gotta play this in the gym. So it's so funny about, about like, and I don't know how this is going to come off the difference between like what some black people will accept as music. And then what white people will accept as music, because I feel like white people, well, cause we're so influenced by the black culture and we like, you know, we steal words, we steal the looks, you know, basically everything. <laughs> we steal everything. We, we are, yeah, it's true. Uh, there'd be no rock without, uh, you know, with without black, black people. And that's what I'm saying is that rock music. It's easier for a white guy to listen to hip hop music than it is. Started rock. For uh, sure. What was her name? The, uh, Rosetta Tharp. Rosetta Tharp is the originator of rock and roll. Is that what you're saying? Sister Rosetta Tharp. What is this in she's, like the 1800s? She's referred to as the mother of rock 1915. Yeah, it makes sense. That's early. Yeah. But do you see what I'm saying? It's like it's like where where a white kid in the suburbs like myself could I remember hearing Public Enemy, mm-hmm. who is heavily sa- who heavily samples James Brown. Yeah. And, and we'll talk about that. Um and it's easier for me to listen to Public Enemy and be like, this shit fucking rules than a black guy to listen to like Slayer and be like, Ugh. Do you know what I mean? I know black guys that love rock. I just never, I've never been able to relate to uh, the songs that I've heard, at least. Is there, what's the rock that you do? Kind of, would you say that if you were like, who sings Cherry Pie? <laughs> Warren. She's my Cherry Pie. I can't go drink a water, make a cheese. Yeah, yeah. that video was fucking sick. Yeah, dude. I got that video gave me a boner, so I was like, I fucks with this song. <laughs> this song is cool. What is that? Is that up there at the most boner-inducing music videos? It just anytime I hear it, I see you know, I see a an out-of-work uh, ballerina on a pole, just trying to get by, trying to get that money. All right, let's talk about James Brown. Yes, let's talk about James Brown. So, what's your relationship like now with James Brown? Because what, which also I found very funny is I saw you the night after you had agreed to do it, and you came up to me and you're like, you could have just asked me you, you could have just texted me and said can you do my podcast and said i went through the proper channels yeah that was very professional my manager hit me up there like hey you got an offer to do josh adam myers podcast and i was like i know that nigga you're like offer 
Yeah, I'll do it. How much does it pay? Nothing. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite offers. That's <laughs> so ridiculous. Offer to hang. So, but, but I mean, because I know that James Brown is just in the ethos of music and of course. and in black culture. Yeah. It's just, I don't think I've ever met any uh, black person in my life that has ever been like, James Brown's terrible. Mm-mm. There's something beautiful about his music. There's something that I think just like, like I said, it transcends race. Uh, it's you can't listen to James Brown and not dance. He had a house in Queens around where I grew up. And I'll always remember passing it with like my parents or grandparents. Yeah. And pointing it out like, oh, James Brown used to own this mansion. And I was like, fuck. That's cool. Big. It was huge. It was a massive house. Uh, in Adisley Park in Queens. That's like technically that's Jamaica, Queens. Mm-hmm. But it's a big ass crib. And uh, I was like, one day I got to get a house like that. It's I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's big. This is big. Let's find out what James Brown net worth was. Would you want to take a guess uh, before he died or like at his peak? I mean, we're just going by. <laughs> this is hilarious because it's not going to give you. Uh, all right, this is what it's, let's go to what it's worth today because this right here it says anywhere from five million to a hundred million, which is a fucking that's huge a, gap. That's a massive range. All right, they say hundred uh, million, no cocaine, five million <laughs> daily. Dude, motherfucker did crack, dude. <laughs> Godfather's soul did Krizak. All right, what do you think his his estate is worth today? This is December fifteenth, twenty twenty one. That house that I was talking about in Queens, just or his just whole estate. estate. Uh, does his estate own his masters? Yes. Say about forty mil. Ninety. 90 it says 90 million dollars so obviously i mean the guy's on tour all the time he's made a shitload of songs Hella albums. every every album basically to me like i said at the beginning kind of sounds the same it's all about getting up getting down <laughs> getting down sometimes getting involved moving yeah <laughs> grooving yeah um but this one, this record, because this doesn't have any of the real hits on it that, you know, if you go on like the Spotify, um, you know, top five songs, I don't think any of these that are on this record. So as I was listening to In the Jungle Groove, yeah, I, I saw that it was released in 86, but it was recorded like two decades before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why did he sit on it for so long? So a lot of the tracks on it have, I mean... It's, it's very like hip hop. Well, that's, that's you know, this, what you're saying right now is a perfect segue into the background on this record. Let's so, do it. So I can tell you guys, you know, let's do a little bit about James Brown. Uh, Godfather Soul, born South Carolina in 33, uh, grew next door in Georgia, beginning his career as a gospel singer. National attention in the mid 50s, lead singer of a group called the Famous Flames. Uh uh, it was around that time that the funk icon's reputation as being an outstanding performer began to take hold. By the time the 60s rolled around, Mr. Dynamite, which is one of his names, good name, was peaking in popularity with hits like Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. It's, it's, it's a man's man's world. This is a man's world. You got a good voice, dude. 
I'm working on it. Right, now nah, you're doing the jam. You're doing the jam next month. All right, Which, I'm we, with it. You heard it here, people. Hey. Later in the decade, he shifted from blues gospel combo to an Africanized approach to music making, emphasizing stripped down, interlocking rhythms that influenced the development of funk music. Uh, influence. I mean, he made funk. He created funk. He made the music nasty. Made you want to fucking get close to it later and just groove, baby. Groove, which really just means dry hump. Um, Scrooge, godfather of the Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge, get over here, girl. Let me Scrooge you real quick. Oh yeah, you feel you that? Mind if I Scrooge you up? <laughs> we should write that. <laughs> Ooh. You mind if I scrooge you up? You mind if you scrooge me down? By the early 70s, Brown had fully established the funk sound after the formulation of his backing band, the JBs, with records such as Get Up, I Feel Like Being a Sex Machine, The Payback, which is a great song. He also noted for songs of social commentary, including 68, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. Mm-hmm. Uh, disco took its toll on Brown's popularity, though, and his career took a dip. Uh, but be, but it took a bit of a hit uh, because in the late 80s, um, I might have read that wrong. The album uh, we're talking about today, though, was an effort to put Soul Brother number one back on the map. And then he continued to perform uh, until his death of pneumonia in 2006. So Brown, this is also a little fact, was one of the first 10 musicians inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. I think wow. that's pretty cool. So obviously that's how important he is. Really? If he's one of the first 10, he was also inducted as part of the first class of rhythm and blues music hall of fame in 2013, uh, as an artist, then again in 17 as a songwriter, uh, and going by, uh, Rolling Stone magazine, he is ranked number seven in the greatest artists of all time. I mean, let's find out who's before that. Coming in, at, we're going to. All right, I'm going down because this is what's coming up easy. Number ten, Ray Charles. Nice. Uh, number nine, Aretha Franklin. Facts. Number eight, Little Richard. What, Baba Number seven, James Brown. Number six, Lil Nas X. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> I said, no! No, no, God, no! <laughs> number six, Jimi Hendrix. Dope. Number five, Chuck Berry. Dope. Number four, The Rolling Stones. I gotta get familiar with these guys. Number three, Elvis Presley. Number two, Bob Dylan. Number one, The Beatles. Where's Michael Jackson? Let's go to let's go to ten twenty through eleven. Uh, Bo Diddley at twenty. Who? Where's Michael Jackson? Marvin Gaye at 18, Muddy Water 17, Sam Cooke 16. Sam Cooke deserves to be in the top 20 for sure. Stevie Wonder, uh, Led Zeppelin at 14, Steve 13, Buddy Holly, 12, Beach Boys, 11, Bob Marley. So I'm going deeper now. Nirvana at 30. I mean, The Who, Clash, oh. Prince. What, Fuck, dude, Ramones. What white person wrote this list? Fats Domino, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bruce Springsteen. Come on. This white guy's list. Otis Redding. I mean, Michael Jackson's not even in the top fucking 30, dude. Ridiculous. But Bowie, Lennon. They got Lennon. Here you go. Madonna. Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson at 35. Bought the Beatles. Yeah, it's fucked up, though. I didn't like that. I, I always hated that. That he bought the Beatles. I'm going to buy your songs. 
<laughs> Go ahead and try. Man, you can't. Oh, you bought him. Oh, never mind. I forgot how rich you are. There's a rumor he did that with Eminem as well. Eminem talked shit about him, and then he owned all Eminem's masters. So anytime Eminem sang a song, Mike got paid. Who did the best last night? Honestly, I'm biased. I I think Snoop. Yeah. He had the most fun. Yeah, it, it he, looked, he like looked like he was having a good time. He was smoking that joint before, right? Right, right off uh, off the side of the, the the trailer thing. He had a little blunt and he was like hitting it, and he put it down, and he was like, "All right, it's time to rap." I mean, every <laughs> everybody made that joke that that like fifty cent turned into a full dollar. Yep, like I saw that. I was guilty. I I, I thought I was original, was a lot dude. Of, it's, a lot of parallel thought. Lot, it's that. How can you fucking not? It's the e motherfucker. You low that, hanging fifty, dude. That is <laughs> why. So to the fleece army out there, Matt not only is an incredible comic, he's an incredible magician. He's, he's just a great performer. If you ever get a chance to see Thank Matt, you, go see him. Uh, I love watching you. You always make me laugh. Uh, tell everybody what you're doing with your special because it's very Fifty Cent. I mean, yeah. So I think Fifty might have heard me talk about it uh, <laughs> on July 30th. I'm going to hang upside down, uh, 80 feet over the Hudson River uh, in a straitjacket, and then I'll escape from the straitjacket and then attempt to do an hour of comedy upside down. Brilliant. I'll be there. I still have to write upside down material. You're not just going to do your regular set. No, it's got to be. About being upside down. Ricky Velez had the best uh, thing ever in your this little promo video. You can watch it on his Instagram, and it's all over. But he goes, <laughs> you, Julio Galarotti said, I, oh, never, I never did a special right side up. <laughs> right side up. <laughs> you know, you got to start somewhere, man. Yeah. You know, upside down is the way to do it. We're going to make it work. I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be it's going to be fun. You, you officially, after that, will be the hardest working man in comedy. I'm trying, baby. I'm trying to do some different shit. I, I was listening to Busta Rhymes. And he said, when I was a shorty, I fell and I bumped my head. And he's yeah. like, what you going to do? And he's like, I got to I gotta flip it on him. Flip mode squad. All right, here you go. So back in the jungle. Let's get back to in the jungle groove. Comes yes. in at 63 minutes and 17 seconds. Feels long. Feels like it. But you know what? It doesn't. It's, it, it's long. Like, there's certain parts where you're like, they can cut this song. They can cut it. They cut That's two minutes. That's also back when songs were a lot longer. Nowadays, a song is like two minutes and 30 seconds. Because of TikTok. Well, the, even shorter now with TikTok. And this cat's putting out like I remember when Method Man and Red Man made the Rock Wild, the Rock Wilder. That was what two forty. I don't was, remember. I think, but it was short. It was really short. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with TikTok. I think everything videos. We we attention spans are shorter. Fifteen seconds, dude. Back you, then, it wasn't shit else to do but listen to. Uh, a seven and a half minute James Brown and fucking song. dance. Yeah. And da you dance to this music. People got sweaty. You know, I was talking last night, like, dude, professional dancers, like their lives are fucking weird, dude. Like that's what you're dedicated. Your, you dedicate your life to being in this studio with people around you going like, it's like, I danced for years. I did ballet, tap, jazz. You're Sammy Davis Jr. Hey, I'm trying to write his movie. I could see that. Yeah. Give me, give me play a part in it. I got you. I got you for sure. All right, here we go. In the Jungle Groove. Uh, this is a compilation album that was released in 1986. Hip-hop was a format that was beginning to gain footing in the mid-'80s, and Brown's music was popular in those circles. Tracks like Funky Drummer were heavily sampled 
in the hip hop world. So this was an attempt to try and capitalize off of that. The album is a mix of unreleased tracks, alternate takes and remixes. This compilation preceded another compilation album that came out two years later called Motherload. The album's tracks were recorded in four locations, Cincinnati, Miami, Macon, Georgia, and New York City. Uh, The album's title is taken from a song recorded back in 1970, but the full version of In the Jungle Groove remains unissued. The intro to this track can be heard at the beginning of I Gotta Move on this album, though. While the first few numbers here feature Brown Sidemen, uh, who were in on his mid-60s mid hits, the majority feature the original JB's outfit, his backing band, and that helped the singer forge several extended and functifying tracks during the 70s. And in the year 2000, ooh, this is a goodie, Vibe Magazine included this album on their list of 100 essential albums of the 20th century. What do you think of that? Vibe? Vibe Magazine. So it's a black magazine. <laughs> it's like, all right, they got Michael Jackson on that list. <laughs> yeah, but that's, he's got five of them on there. Yeah. He got dangerous I mean, post pedophilia ones. <laughs> Get up and jam. <laughs> Jeep, jump. Yeah. I like that video. I like the one, the video with him and uh, his sister where they're in like. Scream? Yeah. Yes. I beg you, did you mind? I make you want to scream. Make you want to scream. <laughs> Yes, that was the most expensive music video in the world at that time. You it was know, like two mil. You, speaking of expensive, this 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 today's podcast is all over the place. We'll get back we, to James. We're, Brown. Yeah, we're hipping and hopping. We're hipping and hopping. We're like James Brown we're extended. Jungle, <laughs> we're in the jungle groove, baby. I got it. Dude, um, did you see the did you see the trailer for the new Lord of the Rings yes. TV show? That's the most expensive TV show of all time. Do you want to know how much it costs? Bezos got it, almost a billy. Oh, half a billion. Yeah. Half. $480 million. That's almost a billion. This album costs eight bucks. To, and, bu- to buy it? Eight or bucks. To, to eight, make it. To, to make. <laughs> it was all paid for in cocaine. Yep. $8 um, worth of coke. So by the numbers, this is a straight up uh, compilation record. You, like we said, it's a mix of unreleased tracks, alternate takes and remixes. Does it feel that way to you or does it play like a conventional studio release? After the first listen, I didn't really see there was no like through line. So I didn't, I was like, oh, this is, I didn't know anything about it. I just listened to it and I was like, oh, this is a, it's kind of all over the place. You felt it was all over the place. A little. I see. I didn't experience it. I thought this was one record. I I listen before I do any research. Mm-hmm. I do the research after the fact. Yeah. And uh, one, I can't recommend this album uh, in the gym. This is a fucking fun album to listen to in the gym, especially right from the beginning track. Well, I got my Bootsy. first. Uh, I started with my trainer today, so this is gonna be on. My playlist for dude, sure. you're gonna look so fucking sexy, dude. I have to. I gotta get rid of this dad bod. That's all that fun. Dude, I see what you eat at the cellar, bro. Ugh. You eat late. You eat late like me, dude. And then I keep eating when I get home. What kind of snacks you got? Not even snacks. I'll straight up cook. I'll make a lasagna at 4 a.m., dog. <laughs> what are you doing? A lasagna, like, not even like a small pan, like for a family of six. <laughs> You're like, I'm feeding the Sopranos. Yep. This is all ziti. Yeah, and- get, uh, get over here. I'm making my sauce. <laughs> get in my belly. Sunday sauce. <laughs> You're gonna, it's easy. You Once you start working out, I'm telling you. I'm I'll tell you right it. now. I'm dreading it. Why? Because the gym is not fun. Anybody says they have fun in the gym. 
is a psychopath. Okay, then I'm a psychopath. Yes, you're nuts. But I'm I <laughs> I can't do fentanyl anymore. So this so the gym hey. is the gym is something. All right, so you didn't think this was you felt like this was all over. You felt like this had a compilation vibe to it. Like hot pants and it's juxtaposition after a song like um the the was it the drummer drummer man? Funky drummer? Funky drummer. Let me say one Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenged Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now. So, all right, so here, let's do some tracks first while we talk about that. Yeah, yeah. So it opens with It's a New Day. Uh, this was originally released in 1970 as the B-side to the single of Brown's cover of Georgia On My Mind. It peaked at number three on the album charts. Let me pull up and we'll play a little taste of it. With, with this album, you almost can just play it right from the beginning. Fellas, things ain't got too far gone. I, lo- I love an intro like we this. We got to let the girls know what they got to do for us. Yeah. It's ain't got to be a drag, man. A man can't do nothing no more. <laughs> it's really a drag. You got to do something. Can I tell him? Let me Girl, let me tell you what you got to do. TCB so mellow. This, this is on the album that she's got to use what she's got. Uh, this was on... Yeah, well, all I've got is originally released 70, B-side of the single uh, Georgia On My Mind. Um, this is a great song. This is a great song. It's six and a half minutes long. Long song. Long song. That long, long, long song. So, and then you go into Funky Drummer, which mm-hmm. this is one of the most frequently sampled music recordings of all time. It is used by hip-hop acts, including Public Enemy, NWA, LL Cool J, Run DMC, The Beastie Boys, Dr. Dre, Heavy D, and Crisscross. And this is fucking stupid. Later, pop musicians such as Ed Shireen... Ed Sheeran? Sheeran, fuck. Yeah, you Ed know, I, I do not listen to his music. <laughs> and Michael, George Michael. He's thinking out loud. Also used it as, a, I think that's one of his songs. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good, <laughs> that's a good joke. I'll give it to you. I don't, I don't know. I just know. Oh, you got to be loving my kid. What's that wedding song he made that everybody? It's probably pussy He's thinking shit. out loud, I think. Probably. I don't know. I don't like his shit. I'm not saying I don't like People it. People fall in love in mysterious ways. You said you didn't listen to rock. I said cheering. He's not rock. He's white. Is he rock? That's not rock. Does he even have a rock song? Fleece Army, get at me. Uh, here, Fleece Army. This is, if you listen to the episode, tag uh, Ed Sheeran is rock. 
Tag that. We'll know you listen to the episode. Uh, as of January 2020, more than 1,500 songs are credited with sampling this track. That's where the 90 million comes from. So the drum break, which is what I'm about to play mm -hmm. on this track, is performed by renowned funk drummer Clyde Stubblefield. As Stubblefield did not receive a songwriter credit for Funky Drummer, this fucking sucks. He received no royalties Damn. for the sampling. And he told the New York Times in 2011, it didn't bug me or disturb me, but I think it's disrespectful not to pay people for what they use. Yeah. Stubblefield capitalized on the name with his 1997 album, Revenge of the Funky Drummer. Wow, that breaks my heart, man. Because this is one of the most famous... Artists gotta get paid, man. One, two, three, four, get it! Yeah, I mean, that's hip hop. That is hip hop. Boom, boom, cat. Boom, boom, cat. But it's the the fact that he didn't get that sucks. You ever gotten screwed like that? You ever done? You ever done a beat on an album and got screwed? No. You ever, what's your biggest uh, the biggest fuck over you've gotten in the industry? I don't. Uh, if you don't mind me talking. Well, about. I signed a, a really shitty contract for a TV show about uh, hunting ghosts. I was a ghost hunter in 2012. Of course you were. Uh, it was on WeTV. It was called Ghost in the Hood. That contract, uh, it was on some like in perpetuity throughout the universe shit. Yeah. And they wouldn't let me work on other projects. And at that time, like MTV was hitting me up to do shit tons of pilots. And everything had to be cleared by the f fucking by we. assholes. No, no, not we. It was by the producers. Production. Yeah. Uh, the production company. The producers that I worked with on the show were cool as fuck. Still friends to this day. Sure. But the production company owners, the gurneys, I didn't, uh, I don't care for them too much. Man. It cost me a lot of money not being able to work on other stuff. Hashtag fuck gurneys. <laughs> G-U-R-N-E-Y-S. Yeah, man. Um, I did, uh, there was, okay. I, you ever, you ever write a joke for a friend? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, this is a proud moment, so it's an opposite of a fuck over because seeing the joke do well brought me nothing but joy and like it was dope that I could think of something that made my friend get some more, you know, shine, yeah, more, shine, you get yeah. some laugh, yeah. So I, it was me and Derek Gaines, man. I love that dude to death. Shout out Derek Gaines. We were on the road in Rhode Island, sitting in our hotel room, getting ready to do a college show, and there was a fucking commercial that came on with some biscuits and it was like a underlying beat and I just started freestyling a song about the biscuits. Like, Everybody's happy that mama done made the biscuits and the baby's gonna have himself a biscuit today. We're dying in the hotel room. And then I'm like, hey man, you can have that. That's more your style anyway. And then he did it at the college and it fucking murdered. And I was like, oh, give me the joke back. Let me get, oh. that. Let me get that joke back. So he gave it back to me and then I do it in the village at like the the Village Lantern, it was a bar show. Fucking seven German tourists and like a lonely Asian dude were the only people in there. And I do the joke, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> I got drug. I gave it back to him. It's yours. And then a week later, he was passed at the cellar. Oh, <laughs> everybody was like, "I love that joke." The joke's great. And I just sat like, "Okay, no, it's good. It's good." And my dad was like, "A." 
if you could write something that does something like that for your friend, you could write something for 100%. yourself. 100%. And I said, cool. And he said, but also, don't you never give nobody else a joke again. <laughs> oh, your dad sounded like the beginning to fucking like a James Brown song. Yeah. Don't you never give something up again. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah, look, it's, I get it. And that's a, he kills with that. Yep. And it's a great joke. And you have a million other jokes that are hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's a blessing. I be thinking this shit on the fly. I like I like I love performing with a live band. I know you have so much experience with that. As a comic that likes music, I'm definitely influenced by a James Brown and hit because I don't think he wrote half the shit that he would say at his live shows. No. He would go with the flow. That's funk. Yeah, it's funk. It's improv. Uh, many drummers put this track on the Mount Rushmore of drum performances, including Talking Heads' Chris France, uh, who told Song Facts uh, what makes it so impressive. It's highly syncopated, and there's more than one syncopation going on. It's like the layers of an onion. You have one layer of syncopation, and you have another and possibly even another on top of that. It's what we call polyrhythmic, and it's very sexy, very good for dancing. France, I hope I said that's his when name. your rhythm is allowed to date other rhythms. <laughs> it's fucking, it's a Bukaki beat. <laughs> France says he tries to approximate it on the Talking Head songs, The Great Curve and Cross Eyed Painless. So we just talked about how that song, Funky Drummer, is is like, I mean, hip hop's so popular in '86 when this comes out. Yeah, man. How genius was it to come out with this compilation in '86 when hip hop was in this rare form and sampling was really taking off? Any artist that has longevity has to have those periods in their career where they evolve and adapt to whatever the fuck is hot. Because if you stay in one lane, you're going to get passed, you're going to get lapped, you're going to get forgotten, you're going to become a dude of that time. So it was super genius. I mean, you look at cats like Snoop. Snoop changes every fucking, every decade. Snoop got a different thing. He might talk shit about it for a little bit. Like I remember he was dissing the Migos. But then he was like, "Okay, this is what's hot right now. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, we gotta get get on this get on this wave." Ooh, <laughs> vaping. <laughs> I'm vaping. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't get it out. I was like, we gotta get it. "This is a, this is a rare thing to be able to vape with my guest." Dude. Yeah, man. This is, Cheers. This, ding, ding. <laughs> um, I do think this. I do think this is a great way for James. I mean, he probably made so much money from this record. Hell yeah. You know, you think about it, it was like if hip hop's taking off and all these artists are blowing up in hip hop and then James is like, "Yo, you got your shit from me. I am the godfather of the hip hop beat, not just the godfather of soul." I mean, that sells more tickets and I and you know, some of these people might shout him out Facts. and and then he gets paid from it. And then some like Funky Drummer, which we said has been sampled literally thousands of of times speaking of that who do you think did it best like we have like just a couple off the off the top bring the noise and fight the power by public enemy i mean fight the power is so iconic but wait dude just wait mama said knock you out fuck by ll cool j fuck the police by nwa are you ready for this one let me ride by dr dre out of those Ah, who did it better? Fight the power and fuck the police were both such fucking hard hitting songs when they were released. It's hard to pick between the two, but those are definitely the top two. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, when when hip hop started, it's not like cats had access to drums and 
you know, shit to make their own beats. So they yeah. would take their parents' fucking records, mm-hmm. which ended up being James Brown and 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 cats like that, and they would fucking scratch those to spit their rhymes on. So it's like it was only it was only right for James to to drop. I also think I also think it's kind of funny that he was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame the same year this came out. I think there's a correlation behind that. I think that like you got to remind motherfuckers. Yeah. And that's what he did. Yeah. And it just shows everybody that now he doesn't just transcend and become the guy that created funk and soul. Uh, but he's or maybe he didn't create him, but he did it better than it's most people. It's a, flex. He, it's a flex. And then to be like, oh, yeah, motherfuckers. I birthed you. I birthed hip hop too. some of the best beats. And I mean, no, in 86, Mama said, knock you out. It's not out. Uh, I think I don't think a couple of these are. No, this but This is like early 90s, early 90s. All right. So if I got to pick one, I'm going to say fight the power because I think fight the power is more prolific and more easily uh, listenable than fuck the police. True. And Mama Said Knock You Out is is a great song. It's to be honest with you, it's one of it's probably the only LL Cool J song that I really like, except for uh, the. When I'm rock. alone in my room, and sometimes I stare at the wall, <laughs> and in the back of my mind, I hear my conscience call. <laughs> no, I also like uh, you know they, they call, call me Big Dada, make your head home, go make your head home. We go do gang That song slaps too. Slaps, but I like it ironically. <laughs> I like it ironically. Gonna get your head home. Go get, get your head, head home. Is all right. So let's see. What we got. Let's go see any more tracks to talk about. Yeah, funky drummer. Give it up or turn it loose. You like hot pants? I like hot pants. I was listening to that in the shower before I came hot over. Pants. Hot pants. The final track, but it's also called Hot Pants. She gotta use what she gotta get what she wants. <laughs> She got to, did I say that right? She got to use what she got to get what she wants. I think, what James, do you think that- James saw a bad bitch walking past in some hot pants. He's like, <laughs> she got to use what she got to get what she want. And then somebody's like, write that down, James. Oh my that, God. The title. That is the funniest because it happened. The title is he was sitting somewhere and saw a little cute thing. He was like, <laughs> Yeah, a hot pants. <laughs> now she got to use what she got to, to get, get what, what she, she wants. wants. <laughs> hey, I got it. You know that's true, James. And they snapped him up. <laughs> you like, know that's right. You know that's right, baby. <laughs> get her over here. Hot pants. Uh, I do love that. Uh, notable samplings from this include uh, Fight the Power, once again, by Public Enemy. Fool's Gold by The Stone Roses. Ooh, yeah, it's true. Step Back in Time by Kylie Minogue. Yeah, this is a fucking cheese ball, McGee. Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Hilarious. Yeah, this is, I mean, this came out in 71, but it's a three-part single that was a number one R&B hit. Let's listen to a taste of it. Let's see why this yeah. is, let's see why this is the your favorite on the record. Let's get into it. Ah, hot man. Like chicks in hot pants. Hot pants. I mean, it's just they just he's and then it's and then it's it's eight more minutes of this. 
eight more minutes. A love song to a woman's posterior. <laughs> Hot pants. You can see your legs. Smoking. <laughs> she doing it because she's trying to get stuff. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. All right. Let's, let me look at I, I, that. Listen, that's a great song. The birth of booty music. Birth of booty music, man. Uh, talking loud and saying nothing. Uh, ooh, I like that one. Critic Robert Cristal, hope I said his name right, called it the loosest and most infectious of Brown's mainly socially conscious jams. Let's see how loose this is. Talking let's, loud. Let's hear. This is talking loud, saying nothing. How's that, Ron? Okay. Always has to start with him talking. <laughs> one, one, two, three, hit it. <laughs> You know, I forget everything I said at the beginning of it. I really feel bad about that now. I really do. I sincerely do. I feel like I shouldn't have said I spoke out of my ass at the beginning. Yes, they all sound the same. To a point. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're not good. No, it's it's that the funk timing on all of them. But each one is, you know, totally different than the one before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking hot pants just rules, man. That rules. Hot pants. <laughs> it's so Smoke po- it. Uh, let's see. We're talking loud. What are they? Uh, doesn't really have any of the. Um, yeah, this doesn't really have any of the um, the songs that were sampled. Uh, get up. Get into it. Get involved. Uh, was sampled. Eric B is president by Eric B and Rakim. Set it off by Big Daddy Kane. Nas's. Where are they now? And Public Enemies bring the noise. Soul Power, uh, man, I love this. This is this is the re-edit. It was released as a three-part single at 71, went to number three in the R&B and 29 in pop. Uh, parts of this track were sampled on Red Man's Rated R, yep. Tupac's Gotta Get Mine. Yep. Uh, musicians that covered this, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Can we find this? Hold on. Let's pull it up. Let me see if I can find this. Here you go. Wait here, let's listen to... Um, <laughs> You know what's funny? Every time I play one of the songs, uh, we both, it's, it's like, a, you can't not move. You can't not. All right, now here, let me play. Let's, here's Smashing Pumpkins version of, this is, I'm so excited to hear this Let's right now. It. So, pow. You know what I noticed? Neither of our heads bobbed. I was trying to. (laughs) Here's some random facts about this record. Uh, This is the first time we've talked about James Brown on the 500, but we will see him two more times way down the road. Star Time comes in at number 75, while Live at the Apollo 1962 comes in at number 25. Um, We always talk about that new list that came out in 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The album didn't make the cut for the 220 list. Uh, Star Time went up to 20, went up 21 spots to 54, and Live at the Apollo 1962 dropped 40 spots to 65. Uh, and then Sex Machine didn't make the cut for the 2012 list, but found its way uh, in at 439 on the 220. Re- I can't talk today. 2020 re-rank. So the new list is very like socially conscious. Mm-hmm. It came out right after, you know, uh, oh, Brianna Taylor. Yeah, this, this is the 500. No, 500 greatest albums. Okay. They released an updated 2020 list and it was right after George Floyd and like basically the, 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 the racial reckoning that needed to be recognized in our country. Mm-hmm. And, but the new list was like, it was like, I was like, who did the list? Brianna Taylor. Did she, <laughs> did she put it in? Did she put her 500 greatest albums in. Cause it was like, dude, like Aquemini was at number 500 and it moved to like number 40. And I was like, look, I'm not saying Aquemini is not a great record, but to jump 500, like almost 460 spots. It's a lot of spots. It's a lot of spots. And then, and then, and then on the other hand, uh, number one, which was Sergeant Pepper dropped to number 25. And I was like, come on, don't cancel me, everybody. I'm sorry that I have my opinions. You're entitled to it. It's like an asshole. Hot pants. <laughs> That's how you get Hot out of opinions. <laughs> Smoke it. Let me see if I got some good questions for us. Well, hey, friends. My name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Wolfpack, Keb Moe, Lake Street Dive, Bela Fleck, and more. So guess what? After 150 conversations with some of my favorite songwriters from around the world, we are bringing brand new episodes to the Osiris Network. New interviews and intimate acoustic performances will be coming at you this summer. And which episodes are coming next, you ask? I am Zach Goody, the lead singer for the band Smash Mouth. Our band is called Milky Chance. We are based in Berlin. My name is David Shaw. I sing and write songs with my band, The Revivalists. Trust me, these conversations go some wild places. So subscribe to the show on the road on Osiris, and we'll see you soon. What is your favorite era of James Brown? So we've got the famous Flames early days back when he was doing the the cape routine. We have the middle years when he produced uh, incredible works like Sex Machine and then the proto-punk era with the big band filled uh, out with people like Bootsy Collins. Who do you think, which James is your favorite? When I close my eyes and think about James Brown, it's the, uh, it's the James with the cape. Yes. And, you know, I'm done. No, I'm not. I'm back. <laughs> that shit is always going to be Ill, funny dude. to me. It's fly as fuck. That, hands down, favorite James. Who do you think is a better performer than James Brown? Is he, because the hardest working man in show business, I mean, you can imagine. It's like, all right, look, like, I'm a huge Otis Redding fan. Mm-hmm. And much like the James Brown with the cape and they walk him off stage and he runs back and does shit, Otis Redding was doing that shit too. With the cape? Not with a cape, but if there's a really cool like video of Try a Little Tenderness where he's performing it and like he'll he'll keep going off stage and then the guy, the announcer for the show comes up and goes, That's Otis Redding and then then, he, then Otis Redding storms out the back and just like it just keeps going and going and going. I, I would say 
I would definitely say uh, Cape James Brown, but also whatever era was mugshot James Brown is fucking <laughs> funny as fuck too. Um, so you're going with Cape? I'm going with Cape. Do you credit James Brown with inventing the funk genre? Who else would we could we say? I mean, when when did Parliament start? Um, checking right now. I know James Brown is you know, older than those guys. It says James Brown. If you Google who invented funk, it literally just says James Brown. Then yeah, I mean, and if he didn't, he perfected it. I mean, if it just yeah. this is and everything I'm typing in, it just says, yeah, who's what's the first funk song? Papa's got a brand new bag. Yeah, but I would say Parliament. Parliament came out. Parliament was funky. Parliament Funkadelic, I love dude. But Parliament started as as a fucking like acid rock band almost. They came out in nine, the 1960s. 1968. He has nine children, by the way. Possibly 13. Whew. Yeah. Um 1953. 1915 is when he started performing. 1953. 53. Is when he started performing. But when did Papa's got a brand new back? Let me find out. Came out 1965. Okay. Wait. Parliament, you said 63? I think so. But, like I said, I don't think early Parliament is doing this. Is doing, I don't know. God, you know what? Can we find their first song? Yes. Hold on. Let me do it. And and judge how funky it is? Yes. That's a very good point. Parliament. Fungadelic. Who? What was there? It was called "I Want to Testify." Right, hold on. Peter, you're gonna play this, okay? Here we go. The Parliaments. funky but knowing that james started it in in 53 i imagine that his sound was funkier before parliament so yeah it's just here we go papa's yeah i i I, listen too funky you've heard it here james brown created funk um, let me see. Any other questions? Uh, here we got a lot of stories about James Brown. Not all positive, but always interesting. From the time he shot up a club in Macon, Georgia, gunning for rival singer Joe Tex, the way he treated his band, his open support of Nixon on the campaign trail, and the numerous violent incidents with his wives over the years. What does it say about him? that he came from such impoverished beginnings, wrestled with demons his whole life, and still managed to achieve what he did. Came from came from nothing. She basically created a genre of music. If you're gonna be a dirtbag 
make it funky. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. He did his own thing. He did his own thing. I'm not, you know, never going to try to justify or excuse the, the bullshit shit, but he made it funky. He did make it funky. Um, what do I think about that? I mean, look, I, I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to be the kind of performer that James Brown is, you're not mentally stable. And also to find out that you grew up probably had a hard life, you know what I mean? Was poor, fought for everything. And, and you know, you kind of have to, like, look at Kanye. Kanye's a good example. It came from nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he, now he's a billionaire. But, but Kanye is certifiably crazy. I don't know if I'd call him crazy. What would you call him? Eclectic. You don't think, dude, he fucking, how do you think that, he just broke up with Julia Fox because he spent two days ago just fighting for Kim Kardashian online. Him and Julia Fox broke up? They just broke up, yeah. Woof. Uh, I mean, he's going through a lot. He's trying to get his family back together and reposting all these hilarious Pete Davidson memes. (laughs) I am so proud of Pete Davidson. I've never been prouder of my friend's penis. (laughs) Pete, I've seen it. You probably seen it too. I've never seen it. You penis, never, but I'm very proud of Pete. Yeah, I don't look uh, to 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 be at the forefront of something. You have to see things differently. You have to live a different life. Um, and then also, you make a lot of money in the '70s and the '60s and the '70s and the '80s. Different times. You you start doing drugs. You, and you do drugs. You know, and you like look at Rick James and all the stories about Rick James. Yeah. Rick James was not even close to being on the level of James Brown. But so Rick was dope. But Rick's Rick's very dope. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I think that just says that you have to be somewhat mentally unstable, yeah. uh, to, to do that kind of genius. Um, what do you think is the funniest thing about James Brown's act? Eddie covered it perfectly in delirious. You don't understand what he's saying. Some of the times the band probably didn't understand what he was saying, but they understood each other enough to make fire tracks. I believe it. I, 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 look, it's he, every, comedy parmesan. Hey, <laughs> serious. Hold on, what do I have? Oh, uh, we, even though we, since we had the Super Bowl yesterday, Brown has a halftime performance on his resume. Do you know that? Pa- playing Super Bowl 31 in New Orleans alongside ZZ Top and the Blues Brothers. Shit. Uh, Brett Favre and the Packers beat the Patriots in that game 35 to 21. We got some Patreon questions. This is from TJ Gillespie. This album is essentially on the 500 list for one drum break in one song. Funky Drummer. Should this be on an album list or just on the 500 greatest song list? It's a good question, TJ. Thank you for that. Well, I think because it is like a compilation album of of a bunch of different Shit, it does, does it make it an album? We talk about this all the time about a compilation or a greatest hits. Do they deserve yeah, to be like, on it? I don't know. I, I, I always think it's kind of a cop-out, but I get it because Bob Marley Legend is an album. It's an album of songs, mm-hmm. and it's one of the greatest albums, selling albums of all time. Yeah. So you have to talk about it. Um, I You know, being completely honest, I actually agree with you, TJ, if, if what you're saying is, I think this song should be under the, like, high up on the 500 greatest songs list because it's... It spawned so many others. So many others. Funky Drummer, yes. There's some other stuff on here. Yeah, they're fun. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if this deserves to be on the 500 greatest albums list. I don't think I would put it on there. If I was making a collection of, of some of the stuff that I've seen left off, mm-hmm. I'm like, you could have put Tears for Fears, uh, one of their records on, the one with all the hits. If it has to stay high, high 400s. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you are with me? Yep. Okay, and this is from Justin Nemec. Uh, I hope I said your name right. So for you, he prefaces by saying, rest in peace, Danny Ray, James Brown's longtime Cape Man and MC, who died one year ago. Um, is there an argument against him as the greatest of all time hype man? Ooh. Who would be the greatest of all time hype man? Okay. Mr. So- Wendell from, from Arrested Development? <laughs> the white dude with the cane from Mighty Buddy Boston's. I mean, Flavor Flav was a great hype man. Yep, that's it. No, we're done. Flavor Flav was a great hype man. Diddy, Diddy was a great hype man. I would have thought, he, but even Diddy was such a good hype man that he had his own hype man, Farnsworth Bentley. Well, that was that was more like a man servant, a man, a man butler. So, so we've decided the greatest of all time is. I, I mean, flavor, flavor. I think me. flavor. I think you're right. Flavor, flavor. Um. All right. These are the questions I ask every guest. Shoot. Favorite song on the record. Favorite song on this album. Yes. I'm going with Hot Pants, just because of how it makes me feel, uh, and no, no, the idea of how he came up with the title. Um. <laughs> I, I can't disagree with you. It's it's definitely moved its way into my tops. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with the opening track. I, I just think that it's it's such a good song. I mean, it's a new day. Man, I fucking loved it. And I, maybe it was just because it was the first song that I put on for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, least favorite track on the record. I wasn't really f- fucking with the Give It Up or Turn It a Loose remix. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Get Up, Get Into It, Get Involved. Um, that one too. I didn't. Yeah, I was like, eh. Wasn't one of my least, look, I'm not saying these are bad. If no, I have to, no. you have to pick one, uh, what song on this record would you fuck to? <laughs> Probably hot pants. Hot pants. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would fuck to. Uh, I mean, first of all, you can pretty much fuck to any song except for "Get Up, Get Into It, Get Involved." That's a little too. too unless the girl's just completely just laying there, and you're like, "Get up, get, <laughs> get into in, it. Get, don't be a starfish. Get involved." <laughs> Why am I doing all the work? I don't know if you can fuck to any song. It's- That's what I'm fucking do. Get up, get into it, get involved. Just to give it so there's directions. Um, and we already kind of answered the last question. Um, so, I'll, so, I'll, so I'll change it a little bit. Um, why do kids of the younger generation need to listen to this record? I think that a lot of the music the kids are listening to now, being that it's all like snippets and, and it'll be just a hook that they can TikTok to, uh, to appreciate music, they gotta know where it came from. Yeah, I think that's important. I feel bad for the the young generation, these Gen Z kids, because they don't got no good fuck songs, man. They don't. Wait, who, who's making good? Jeremiah, Jacquees. Uh, I don't know. I don't. You better put on some Maxwell, right? <laughs> you better put on. Take it back. What do you, what do you fuck to? Well, I have you, a whole playlist. So of, do I. Of vibes. What is it? Straight up vibe. I got a little Sade on there. Nice. Little, little, uh, little boys to men. Uh, oh yeah, you can say it, dude. But, I mean, he makes booty music. But the whole time that when an R. Kelly song is playing, we're having sex. I put my fingers in my ear and go <laughs> la 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 la. la. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do massive attack. 
Okay. Uh, it's, I do British trip hop. Massive Attack, Portishead. Uh, and then I was just looking recently, and if you go on Spotify, Dark Lord Spotify, and you type in sex music, there's a playlist called Music to Have Sex To. And it's all like SZA and like downbeat tempo stuff. Very, very sexy. Like every song is like, and you're worth it. The way you work it. Girl, you're perfect. Dude, my voice sounds good right now, man. Killing it. Um, promote away. What do you want to promote? Uh, well, I'm at I'm at the comedy clubs around the city all the time. On Instagram, it's just Matt was funny. M A T T was funny. And uh, be on the lookout for this weird ass. Upside down special, man. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be great. If you guys are in New York or if Matt's in your city, go see him. He's a great dude. Extremely funny. Great energy. I love you, buddy. And I'm, love I'm you so, too, man. so happy this worked. I'm so happy you came in. I'm glad I accepted the offer. <laughs> What did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Matt Richards. Follow him on all social media at Matt was funny. Matt was funny. And uh, be on the lookout for his special. It's going to be great, man. Super talented dude. I love him. I love him. I love him. For listener shout out, I want to give a big shout out to Kevin Donnelly. He's on Instagram at the Kevin Donnelly. T-H-E-K-E-V-I-N-D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. He was one of the first people that hit me up with uh, Patty Got That Good Good. Guys, if you're paying attention, send messages. Listen to the song. We tell you what to write. Fucking write it. For new music, we've got Hiatus Coyote from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, You're listening to the song Chivalry Is Not Dead off their 221 album, Mood Valiant. It's rules, though. And you can find all the links on the website, the500podcast.com. Send us your songs, because we want to play them. Next week, oh, we got a fucking goodie for you. It's Sonic Youth Week. We're going through their 1988 record, Daydream Nation. And I may have a guest uh, that is a part of this band. I'm so so excited to have her on. Do your homework. If I were a seahorse, I'd only dance around you underneath the green water. I could fill you up, you could be my daddy, we could get lost in our
here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. Hey you. Do you have any plans this year? <laughs> How's that going? Do you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself Benny Goodman and my good friends Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app. Next Chapter Podcasts.